Welcome to the Platform Podcast, where we talk to coaches, athletes, experts, and real people to learn about their approaches to training, nutrition, mindset, and much more. I am your host, Jordan Kundi wright founder and head coach of the Twin Cities Kettlebell Club. I'm on a mission to help others build sustainable, healthy lifestyles. Before we jump into this episode, I want to remind you that registration is open for the second annual Twin Cities Kettlebell Open on October 22nd, hosted by our friends at the Athlete Lab in Little Canada, Minnesota. And just like we did last year, we will include an option for video submissions for participants who are unable to make the trip in person, and they will be eligible for all of the same prizes as our in-person competitors. Just go to our website, TwinCitiesKettlebellClub.com, to register. This week, I'm diving in on a particularly nefarious form of self-sabotage, perfectionism. This is one of the most common problems I see in my transformation coaching, and I just had a great deep dive conversations with one of my clients about how perfectionism was holding them back and some of the strategies we laid out to help overcome it. Um, So I wanted to talk about it today, and I hope you find it useful. Uh, And I want to take a second to say I'm incredibly grateful that you listen to this podcast. The best way you could support me is to go register for the Twin Cities Kettlebell Open and maybe tell a friend or two. And of course, if you haven't already, please be sure to leave a rating and review of the platform podcast in your app of choice and support my work by supporting our sponsors whose affiliate links you'll find in the episode notes. And if you want help reaching your goals without wasting time, please fill out the coaching interest form linked in the show notes. I help athletes of all levels reach their goals using my integrated coaching approach. Of course, you can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Twin Cities Kettlebell Club or email me at TwinCitiesKettlebellClub at gmail.com. Now, let's get into perfectionism. All right, welcome into this week's episode of the Platform Podcast. Now, this topic is very close and personal to me. Um, The title of this episode is, If It's Not Perfect, It's Shit. (laughs) Because I can tell you from personal experience um, how much dealing with perfectionism can harm your ability to progress in your goals. Perfectionism is something that I have struggled with in my life. And I still struggle with from from time to time, but it's something that I've uh, made a lot of progress on. I've gotten a lot better. Uh, And I find that it is incredibly common, especially in people that are high performing. And it's actually been found that people who are perfectionistic are significantly more likely to attempt suicide. Uh, This was found by a a Yale study. So this is an important topic too. This is not just uh, a throwaway. This is actually super, super important. And actually the reason that I decided to record this episode um, tonight was um, A, in a couple of check-ins that I I had today with clients, we dealt with aspects of perfectionism where because the macros weren't perfect on on a day um, or because they didn't hit the target pace on a workout or uh, whatever, that if it wasn't perfect, it was shit, right? And 
it's very important that we remember that that is not the case. Um, so that was the first reason for, for wanting to record this. The second was I wanted to live my own advice here because I had all sorts of excuses as to why I shouldn't record this podcast tonight. Uh, it's too late. Uh, I have a new microphone and a new soundboard coming. So the quality, the sound quality on this isn't going to be up to the standard that I want it to be. Um, I didn't prepare for this episode in the same way that I normally do, um, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm going to record anyways, because it doesn't need to be perfect to be valuable. And that's especially on topic for this subject. So here I am recording on the mic that I've used for countless episodes before, which were of sufficiently high quality audio that I was fine with it um, <laughs> and put out, you know, previous episodes using this exact microphone. Um, and it's not the first time that I, I haven't had the depth of research going into an episode or preparation that I would like for a particular topic, but I'm going to, I'm, I decided to record anyways, because all of those things are not reasons to not, to not put this out there. And that is important to me that I try and live what I am preaching, not preaching, but you know what I mean? So as I mentioned, perfectionism is something I have struggled with for a lot in my life. And I can, I can give you many uh, <laughs> anecdotes uh, as to where that's manifested itself, but, but one in particular stand, stands out clearly above the others. Um, and I was a senior in high school and in Illinois, there is a competition every year called solo and ensemble competitions. And it's for musicians and, and you compete and you go perform in front of judges. And so you spend a, a significant portion of time preparing for, for this solo and ensemble competition. And you're, you do a solo piece obviously, and then you can be part of groups and you, and you go perform in front of judges and you're scored and you compete against other people. And for <clears throat> For my senior year, I decided I wanted to do Bring Him Home from Les Mis as my solo. And it's an incredibly beautiful vocal piece. It's one of the signature songs from that musical. And it was my favorite song. It was also in my wheelhouse vocally at the time. And I worked incredibly hard on it. And I was very prepared. And I walked into that room and sang for the judges. And when I left, all I could think about was the mistakes that I made. Came in a quarter of a beat too early. I wasn't right on that pitch. I went flat in the fourth measure. I missed my breath or, or I took too shallow of a breath and couldn't sustain the, the dynamic volume that I wanted in a particular phrase, et cetera, et cetera. In my head, I was going over all of the places that I messed up, all of the places where my performance was not perfect because that's what I expected of myself in that moment. I expected a perfect performance. I wanted to sing it perfectly. I wanted to hit every note. I wanted to sing it perfectly because this was the big moment I had been preparing for. This was, this was the thing. And I blew it. I blew it. Except I didn't. I didn't blow it. I, I got the highest score of the day uh, for my room. I was uh, performance of the day. I got, so not only did I get first place for my, for my, uh, vocal part, I was the performance of the day. Um, so I got an extra recognition. Uh, so I not only got a gold medal, I also got an extra special uh, gold medal with a star 
basically. I don't know. Um, so I was the performance of the day as well. Um, and my, my choir teacher, um, told me that it was an, it was an incredible performance. And she told me that as soon as I finished, you know, while we were walking out of the room, she told me I did wonderful and that it was a great performance. Um, but in my head, that was bullshit. And, um, all I could think about was all of the, all of the places that I, that I had messed up. And that's just one of several examples. I'm sure you can, if you're, if you tend towards perfectionism, you can probably think of how it manifests itself. And you probably have stories of similar, you know, similar times for you where, where everyone else thought that you did great something, but in your head, all you could think about was the, all of the places where you messed up or what was wrong, right? You, you had an expectation, you had a picture in your head of how it should go. And all you can, all you can focus on is the places where you messed up or where, where it didn't go according to plan. So perfectionism is incredibly nefarious in that, in that way. Um, and I think part of the reason is it's rooted in our psychology. We are hardwired to identify negative patterns and negative experiences. We actually remember negative experiences more easily than we remember positive experiences. Now there's theory that that's based in evolution, right? Because negative experiences, negative, negative consequences, um, as you, as we were evolving, um, remembering that the, the red berry that looks like this on a tree, uh, gave you food poisoning and made you very sick. That's very, very important for your survival. Um, recognizing threats and remembering negative experiences um, is more evolutionarily rewarded by survival than remembering pleasurable experience, right? Not that pleasurable experiences aren't remembered. They're just not reinforced and remembered at the same rate. They don't hardwire to memory uh, in the same way that negative experiences do. So the problem with perfectionism is it is our own internal flagging of of anything that's negative. It's our own perceived negative flags that we put on an experience. So it creates, it's our own brain creating our own negative feedback loop for us, right? Where, where you remember all of the things that went wrong or that didn't go the way that you planned. So perfectionism can be really, really difficult to deal with. And for a lot of people, um, what makes perfectionism so bad is that it prevents progress. It prevents action taking, right? It prevents you from starting something, right? It stops you from starting something. And you, you feel like you can't start until you have all of the things that you need until, until the situation is perfect and you, and you have the time, the energy, the money, um, whatever, whatever the things are in your, in your head that you need in order to start. It has to be perfect. The situation has to be perfect. We have to be perfectly prepared. And so you never actually start, right? When I started doing this podcast, I was not prepared to start, but I just started. Um, I recorded episodes from my car. I recorded episodes on my phone. Uh, I didn't know particularly how to interview people other than um, interviewing people from my, my time writing for a school newspaper. That was my only experience interviewing people before doing this podcast. Um, but I learned and I learned because I started. So perfectionism prevents progress because it prevents people from starting a lot of things, right? Or it prevents progress because it stops them when they have started. My, my daughter does this often where she will draw a picture and she'll make one small mistake and she will 
grab that piece of paper from her scratch pad, rip it out, ball it up and throw it in the trash. Have you ever done that? Where you take something that was working perfectly fine and you take it or it was, or it was a good, you know, it was a, it was good. It was a good drawing or it was a good cake or whatever. And, but because it wasn't perfect, you throw it away and start over. Well, that's wasted effort. That's wasted resource, right? And also when you destroy something that was imperfect and then you do it again, you lose an objective piece of data by which you could have gauged progress, right? But we perfectionism, we find ourselves wanting to purge ourselves of anything that's imperfect, right? So, and that word purge also uh, means a lot to me because if you come from a disordered eating background, right? Like, you know, I have a history of some disordered eating in my, in my history, right? Um, binging and purging is rooted in perfectionism, asceticism, punishing yourself, flogging yourself, rooted in perfectionism. And that's a characteristic of, of anorexia, deprivation, trying to control and withhold so that you can maintain purity and be perfect, right? Also tied to anorexic behavior, disordered eating, um, body dysmorphia tied to perfectionism. There is an ideal standard that we have in our head. And so if we take that too far, it can become very, very disordered, right? So perfectionism also can prevent progress from not starting, from stopping things because it doesn't live up to a standard, right? And we create this standard typically or often, I won't say typically, um, because we're seeking external approval. Very rarely does it come from, does it come from an, an internal source? It's an internalization of external needs. We perceive that there is a particular way that, that we need to be, that we need to present. There is a standard that we need to hit in order to feel loved or be accepted or liked or popular or attractive, right? And those messages come at us from all sorts of places, but they're almost always external, right? Your parents, my parents was a big one for me, being the youngest of three kids, right? Wanting to, and caring very much what my parents thought of me, particularly my father, um, really wanting to, to make him proud and for, to feel like I was achieving enough, right? And the only, the only way to do that was to, to be as perfect as I could be, right? And I put that standard on myself. And I also got it reinforced by coaches who demanded a high standard, um, you know, football coaches that were like, we're not leaving until we get this perfect. We actually had a drill in junior tackle called the perfect drill. We had to do five, we had to execute five plays perfectly where everybody had to get their assignment. Everybody, it had to go and we had to do five plays in a row. And if it wasn't perfect by the coach's standard, we went back to zero, right? And we would, I mean, we would do that for, oh, and this is, when we're talking, we're sixth, seventh, eighth graders, right? Like junior tackle, um, you know? So perfectionism got reinforced um, and it came from external channels. So we're seeking, often seeking external approval or external validation that we are enough or that we are worthy. And the only way to, to get that, to be worthy is to be perfect, to be pure, right? Um, and so it, it, it then becomes a, a, a thought distortion, a cognitive thought distortion where, well, that wasn't perfect. So it's shit. If it's not perfect, it's shit. It, it creates this AB thinking. It's binary. It's either perfect or it's trash. It's worthless, right? And 
that is very, very dangerous because the way that manifests, way that manifests itself is, okay, I'm trying to lose weight and I have my macro target and I've been really good all day. And then ah, I, but I went off, I went off track on, on dinner and I ate too many calories and I'm over for the day. Uh, well, fuck it. I'm already over. So I may as well have the cake as well. And then the next day you're like, well, I already, I already blew it yesterday. So, uh, you know what I'm going to have, I'm going to McDonald's for breakfast on my way to work. Yeah. I already had McDonald's today, so I may as well, you know, I'm, I may as well have McDonald's again for lunch. And then you get home and well, I already had McDonald's for lunch and lunch and breakfast. So I may as well just eat what I want for dinner and I feel dead bad about myself. So now I'm going to open a bottle of wine too. Oh, I already had half the bottle of wine, so I may as well finish it, right? So you can see now. Obviously, I'm I'm giving the worst case, you know, the slippery slope, you know, scenario of how perfectionism. We interrupt this episode to do a special thank you for our sponsors, Pro Kettlebell home of made in the USA competition kettlebells kettlebell Kings makers of all things kettlebell, including competition and cast iron bells, barefoot athletics, optimizing the human to ground interface, driven nutrition supplements, revive supplements, 27 degrees apparel, Bellevator belts by Dennis Vasiliev and Cambrian customs plate loadable maces. Thank you for your support in 2021, and I look forward to an even better 2022. But this is how perfectionism leads to binging for a lot of people, especially people that are prone to binging behavior, right? It, you get in this all or nothing mindset, and, and once you've violated the perfection protocol, then what's the point? It's worthless now. So you may as well, if it's already worthless, it's already a lost cause. It's already a lost day, whatever. It's already a lost week. You may as well just go for it. Let it all, let it all hang out. Right. And that's where binging comes from. Right. So it can be this very slippery slope because of that, because of that very binary thought process. And it can predispose you to getting off track. And then what happens is it erodes your self-esteem because now you feel like you've broken promises to yourself. And then again, cognitive thought distortion. Then you say, well, I always do this. Literally had a conversation just like an hour ago with somebody who was telling me like, this is what I always do. I, 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 get, off, I get off track. I get off track for a little bit and then I can't get started again. This is what I always do. I like, once I start, once I start, once I get off track, then I start binging and this is what always happened. And I had to stop and say, is, is that really what always happens? Always? You've never been successful. There haven't, you, there haven't been periods of times where you've been successful. Does this happen in all areas of your life? Or just when we're talking about your diet and your nutrition, your exercise, what about at work? Do you say, well, I didn't, I didn't get that perfect. So there's no point. I'm not going to do the next job. No, I already didn't do that job. So I'm not going to go in tomorrow. Well, I didn't go in tomorrow. So I'm not going in the rest of the week. No, you don't do that at work. You don't do that with your kids, right? So we set ourselves up for these negative feedback loops that erode our self-esteem and erode our confidence, which 
becomes a reinforce a self-reinforcing loop because then you feel like well in order to get back on track i just i need to i just need to tighten it up i need to tighten it up it just gets more restrictive and it gets tighter it gets more perfectionistic right well now now i need to i just need i need to track my macros i need to get my water i need to get three work i need to get five no five workouts in no not not five seven i need i need to work out every day i need to do something every day and i need to get eight hours of sleep and i need to and the list gets longer and longer and longer all of the things that you need to do to get back on track because you messed up and it snowballs and it snowballs and it snowballs right because the list for perfectionism is infinite and ultimately it all ties back to we are not enough or we are too much and the only way we can be enough is to be perfect or the only way we can be the right amount to be perfect if if i can do this if i'm skinny then people will love me if i then my wife will appreciate me if i do my job perfectly my boss will appreciate me if i look the right way then the cool kids will think i'm cool etc 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 and this this also ties to comparing ourselves to others i feel like it's gotten worse in the in the area of social media because we compare ourselves to these curated versions of other people's lives and that then sets the expectation of where we should be in our life well, i'm not that skinny or i'm not that happy or i'm not that rich or i don't have that many friends i don't go do all these cool things i've never been to greece you know whatever right? We compare ourselves to others. And like in the realm of kettlebell sport, it's, it's easy to be like, oh, crap, that person's the same age, gender, and weight as me. And they're doing way, way better than me, or they're younger than me. They're older than me. They're whatever, right? You see people, like I see people that are in lighter weight classes than me that are older than me, putting up more reps than me with the same weight. And I'm like, oh, great. They're a different person. <laughs> so Maybe I really shouldn't be comparing myself to that person, right? They have different circumstances physically, right? Same thing on social media when it comes to appearance, right? Like, oh, that person has six-pack abs. They're ripped. Well, maybe they have always been ripped. You know, they have different circumstances, but we compare ourselves to others instead of comparing our, ourselves to our current state and saying, can I make progress? And we also have the other nefarious trend of comparing ourselves to our previous state, um, you know, of, well, I was... Back when I was 145 pounds, I was happy. I felt I looked good then. Were you really happy? Another conversation I've had with clients, right? Were you really happy at that weight? Because I was working with you and you got to that weight and you still weren't happy with where you were at. You weren't satisfied. And then you couldn't stick with what you were doing that got you there. And so then you fell off. Then you put weight back on, stopped training, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Wasn't perfect. And then just stopped altogether way back on. And now you're reflecting back on that previous state in time as though that was, everything was good then, was perfect then, was happy then, not necessarily true. So we can, we can compare to previous states and we romanticize the past uh, when really, if we reflect accurately on, on how we felt at that time, we probably weren't happy then either because the root of the problem is perfectionism, right? Or we can project ourselves into the future. I'll be happy when, and whatever your insert definition of uh, the perfect state in a particular sphere or arena, right? I'll be happy when I can hit master of sport. I'll be happy when I can fit into a size four. I'll be happy when, right? But the goalposts move. You hit that goal and then you move the goalposts because it's not perfect. More often than not. I don't know anybody that's gotten to a point where they were perfect. I know people who have gotten, who have made significant progress and let go of trying to be perfect and are now happy with where they're at. That's the next part, right? So I've wrapped on perfectionism and why it's damaging and why it's setting you up for failure and why it's unrealistic and some of the problems with it. 
What do we do about it? What do you do about it? Well, tip number one, reflect on your expectations in different areas of your life. Because for most of us, we have areas of our lives where we hold ourselves to a higher standard than in other areas of our life, where we're more reasonable about our expectations with ourselves. And I say that, for example, when it comes to parenting, we tend to take any failures or um, shortcomings, mistakes that we make and take those very, very hard because we, we want to be perfect for our kids. We want to be the best parent ever, best parent we can be, right? Everybody wants, everybody wants the mom of the year, dad of the year mug, right? We all want to be as perfect as we can be. So we strive for perfection. We try and be the perfect parent. But in other areas of our lives, we're probably a little bit easier on ourselves. If you miss a, a deadline on a volunteer project by a day, we'll say, you're probably not too hard on yourself about that. Maybe you are, but again, this is where reflect on expectations in the different areas of your life. Are you perfectionistic everywhere or is there only particular areas of your life? Are you, do you just expect yourself to do well at work, but not be perfect? But when it comes to your fitness, your weight loss, your nutrition, you expect perfection there, right? Reflect on your, reflect on your expectations in, in the different areas of your life. And then tip number two, ask why you expect those, self, th those things of yourself. Are those, are those expectations reasonable? Why do you expect that? Right? Should you expect more or less of yourself in those areas? Right? More often than not, since we're talking about perfectionism and talking to perfectionists, you probably expect too much of yourself. You need to give yourself more grace, right? but you need to reflect on why. Is it because your father expected X, Y, and Z of you, or your mother expected X, Y, and Z of you, right? Or a coach or a boss, right? And are those expectations reasonable? Did you internalize somebody else's expectations of you that you shouldn't have? Or are those expectations reasonable, right? Because I'm not saying that you shouldn't have high expectations of yourself, high standards. I do. I have high standards for myself. I have high standards for my athletes, right? But perfection is not one of those standards, right? So tip number three is you need to recognize perfect does not exist. There is no such thing as perfect. There is no perfect day. There is no perfect life. There is no perfect anything. Perfect is a false creation. It's a false dichotomy. It doesn't actually exist. It's just a standard that some people strive for with the understanding that they'll never get there, but their pursuit of perfection, they feel gives them, gets them the highest results they can. And maybe that's a healthy relationship with perfection. Um, but if you become obsessive about perfection and don't recognize that it's not actually achievable, it doesn't actually exist, uh, it's going to be problematic. So recognize that perfect doesn't actually exist and let it go. Set it aside. Like perfection is not achievable. So I am no longer pursuing perfection. I am, that is no longer the standard. Perfection is not, is not what I'm going for, right? Number four. Number four, reflect on the language that you use with yourself. You have to be able to identify your cognitive thought distortions and reflect on how you speak to yourself, right? If you had a bad day and went to the Cheesecake Factory on the way home and crushed a thousand calories, um, do you get into your car and, and be like, God, you're such a piece of shit. I can't believe you ate all of that, you fat pig, right? That's me talking to myself, right? That, that was how I used to talk to myself. Um, I still fall into that sometimes, to be perfectly honest, um, but I'm much more mindful of it now. I'm working on that programming, right? Because the way you speak to yourself uh, actually can have a big impact on the identity that you create for yourself. 
So speak to yourself in a way that creates the identity that you want. Don't talk to yourself in a way that reinforces what you don't want to be. Speak to yourself in a way that, that reinforces what you want to become or what, or what you're aspiring to, right? So really reflect on the language that you use yourself and, intention, and try and be intentional about how you speak to yourself, right? Which goes into the next tip, give advice like you're speaking to a friend. So if you can disassociate yourself from your own identity and reflect on your situation and then pretend that it would be your best friend, how would you talk to them, right? If they told you, you know, I really, I really went off the rails and ate like crap for the last three days, drank too much, slept like crap, didn't work out, scales up like 10 pounds. I don't know why they would be telling you all of that, but you know, maybe they would. But what would you say if that was your best friend? Would you say, God, you're such a piece of shit. I can't believe you did that. No, you wouldn't say that to your best friend. You would probably say, oh, that, that sucks. Why do you think that happened? Or how can I help? Or it's okay. Let's get back on track. You, you got this, right? I, right? There's any number of ways that you would potentially speak to your best friend, but it's probably a lot kinder than how we are to ourselves, right? So reflect on the language you use and then try and fix it by, by giving advice to yourself in the same way that you would speak to a, a loved one. Speak to yourself kindly because you should love yourself as much or more than, than anybody else, right? So speak to yourself like you love yourself. Be your own best hype man, right? As another way people talk about it, right? So be kind to yourself. Speak to yourself in, in a way that, that uh, you would speak to a friend or a loved one, right? Uh, fail publicly. This, this might seem weird, right? That's another great way to get over perfectionism. Do something like, I don't know, start a podcast when you have no idea what you're doing <laughs> and, and, uh, and, and put it out there and be okay with failing publicly because it's exposure therapy. If you're not familiar with exposure therapy, that's, that's how you get over phobias. Um, you, you give yourself small doses of, of things that trigger your fear right? So if like, if it's spiders, you're deathly afraid of spiders, you know, exposure therapy, they might start you with, you know, uh, looking at a, a cartoon kids drawing of a spider. And then, you know, and then maybe it's, then maybe it's a, an artist's drawing of a spider. And then maybe it's a photograph of a spider. And then, you know, you, and then you work your way up to actually handling a spider, like an actual real life spider, right? Like that's exposure therapy. So you can think of failing publicly as perfectionism exposure therapy, right? Because if you do something that you know you're going to fail at or that you're possibly going to fail at, or it's likely you're going to fail at, especially if the standard would be perfectionism, like you're, then you're definitely going to fail. But, um, you know, if you just put yourself out there and do something, right, uh, your perfectionism will diminish significantly. Stand-up comedy, I, I can imagine there are probably not very many perfectionist stand-up comedians because they've had to fail too many times publicly in order for that perfectionism to survive. So um, failing publicly, I think, is, is, a, is a great way to, to uh, start dealing with per some perfectionism tendencies. Right. Uh, another tip is uh, look outside of yourself. And I mean that in the, in the mental sense, um, right? Because I, I know I said that a lot of these things our internalization of external, of external expectations. Um, but what I mean is look outside of yourself by connecting with others and ask them how they view uh, your, your things, right? Like if I would have just taken the feedback from my choir teacher about how I performed in that solo and ensemble uh, in my solo, I would, I would not have felt like I, I blew it or I would not have felt like I, I had a bad performance, right? If I had just listened and taken that in, I'm like, oh, 
maybe it wasn't, maybe it wasn't shit. <laughs> maybe it was actually decent. Right. And then you can get other perspectives. So look outside yourself, connect with others, reach out to other people, um, you know, ask them, this is where performance, performance evaluations at work are great. You know, like uh, you can get an external perspective, right? So get, get external perspectives in other areas of your life, right? And you'll probably be surprised, especially if you, you feel like you're drastically underperforming, um, you know, you're likely not doing nearly as bad as is probably is in your head, right? So look outside yourself, connect with other people. Uh, the last tip would be talk to a professional. Um, I am obviously not a trained psychiatrist or psychologist. Um, so this is just me giving my opinions and perspectives on this topic, having lived it and having coached people that have these tendencies and some of the things that have, that I've observed and the things that work for me, um, or have worked for me and have made improvement. I am by no means a recovered perfectionist. Um, or maybe I'm in recovery. I don't know. Um, I'm working on it right? I'm a work in progress, like, like everything else. It's something that I'm working on. Um, but if you feel like you, you need to talk to a professional, probably should. And even if you don't feel like you need to, I'm a big fan of talk therapy. I think it's very useful. It can uncover a lot of things. It can help you realize where some of your triggers come from, some of the things that you've internalized, uh, thought pattern distortions that you didn't know that you had, and maybe what some of the root causes of those are, how to recognize and label emotions and recognize and label cues and triggers, um, cravings, you know, a lot of things. Uh, so talk to a professional. I think that's, that's uh, almost always good advice when you're talking about something psychological. So those are my tips. And I hope you found this useful. This is a topic I'm very passionate about. And just remember, keep growing, keep progressing, but don't expect yourself to be perfect. Perfect doesn't exist. Just get a little bit better every day. And it's all we can do. Be the best version of yourself on the last day that you're here. I will see you guys next time. Peace. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Platform Podcast. I'm Jordan Kundi wright We'll be back with a new episode next week. Please don't forget to register for the Twin Cities Kettlebell Open on our website, TwinCitiesKettlebellClub.com. And if you have a question or suggestion, please email me at TwinCitiesKettlebellClub at gmail.com. Follow us on social media at Twin Cities Kettlebell Club. And of course, if you want to step onto the platform and compete in kettlebell sport, please reach out to me. Till next time.